Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. Hi there, it's Andrew Roberts here. Welcome to this podcast and I'm going to um, really teach you some some fantastic tools and techniques to help you really run a world-class team and really how to improve the communication within your team so so everyone gets onto the same page. Um, now, if you're running a, a farm and you're, you are the team, there's no one else that you uh, employ, I still know you'll get great value from listening to this. Um, one of the one of the big things that we we really educate and, and teach our members in our in our mastermind programs in our coaching programs is um, you you need to hire a team you need to at some stage let go of doing tasks because running a business is really really challenging so I know you're going to get a lot of great tools from this particular podcast um, so stay tuned now just a quick one. Um, for those that aren't currently a member of our Facebook closed group called Profitable Farmer, um, if you go to Facebook and you, you run a search, just type in Profitable Farmer in the search, uh, we, we're, we're running a closed group where we really focus on sharing tips, ideas, methods, ways to help you uh, not just in, increase the profitability on your farm, and that's, that's definitely one component of it, but also how to create a just a great life. Uh, a wealthy life. So come on over and, and join the group. Uh, we, we really only want to, we're letting only farmers in, so um, please come on over. All right, so let's rip into this. Um, now, I'm going to take you through these seven ideas on how to run a, a world-class team and how to really maximize that communication or improve that communication within your business. Now, the the first thing that I wanted to open you up to is is you really do need written out and clear job descriptions for every team member. Now, I really endorse a great book called The E-Myth. It's by a guy called Michael Gerber. I think it's a fantastic book to read if you're a business owner. And um, Michael Gerber talks about when when we're running this business, um, you need an organizational chart. And if you think about it, uh, this applies to to every single business, not not just farmers, but you do need a CEO. Um, and the CEO is responsible for setting the vision, the direction of the business. And that particular CEO is going to lead the company. They're thinking strategically about the future. Um, and so that is a job description. That is a job role that you need to think about when it comes to running your farm. Now, many of you also need, if we come down below that, you need a marketing department. Okay, So this is very applicable to not all farmers, but a number of you, where you need a you need a brand, you need a presence, you need some. Many of you will have a have a website. You'll you'll need a, a method to reach new customers, to open up new markets. In fact, one of the the ways to become way more profitable um, in running your farming business is to, is to understand marketing, understand selling, and and this is really a a division within your business that needs needs effort, it needs energy, it needs someone to be in charge of it. It all, you go along, um, I, I like to think of it like a production line. So you've got the, the marketing department, the sales department, and then they find the customers, they help you grow the business, and then it moves along to the operational, the production manager. And the operational team obviously needs to make sure that everything gets done on your farm. So if you're running 
for example, a cattle business. Um, you might you might have the functionality of of uh, feeding the cattle, branding the cattle, you know, fattening the cattle, whatever it might be. Um, all, all the work that you need to do on cattle, that, that, that's all the operational, that's all the productions of, of running the business. So all the day-to-day things. And, and of course, this needs a job description. And this is a big component in, in farms because this is the, the major um, operations that, that occurs on, in running your business. So very important. And beside that, and this is not applicable for small farms, but it certainly becomes a, an area as, as you get bigger, but you need a human resource department, the person that's going to look after the team, make sure everyone's happy, do reviews, performance reviews, it needs um, recruiting systems, uh, motivation systems, training systems. There's, there's quite, a, quite a bit that actually goes on in human resource. And then there's the IT department. Um, email addresses, make sure everyone can communicate and connect. Um, and then we've got the administration, right? So there's so much admin that, that occurs in running a business. All the administration to do with filing the, you know, filing things through to the administration behind bookwork, through to the administration that, that sits behind operations. I mean, um, there's so much, there's so much that occurs in administration from, from cleaning the shed to cleaning the yards to, to maintenance to, or, there's so much stuff that actually occurs that sort of sits semi in operations, but, but you can also split that out. So it forms in administration. And then of course you've got your finance department. So if you were to look at a finance department, you've got your, um, someone's got to be doing the budgeting, the lodging, the basses, the, the, um, monitoring the profit and loss. Um, all of these areas, look, looking for ways to reduce money, looking for ways to maximize profitability. There's, there's a lot that occurs in the finance department. So it's really important that you split out these roles and you, you, you get a lot of clarity as to you know, what are all the tasks that need to get done in order to run your farm. And so what typically occurs is, the, is you being the business owner, you're, you're so busy trying to do everything that actually nothing gets done really well. And so what, what, and what happens, and, and um, it's, quite, it's quite humorous when I look at this, because you, you finally get to a stage where you realize, I can't do everything. And what, what, what most farmers do is they typically employ someone, and then that person, that poor person um, goes out to work for you, and they're not really quite sure what you want them to do, and then they start making all these mistakes, then you start fixing all the mistakes that they make, and then you make a decision that, oh, gosh... No one can do it as well as me. So then you take back all the jobs that you gave to them, right? And so there's often chaos and, and, and you didn't sit down and actually write out a list of, hey, well, here's the things that I want you to do and here's how I want you to do them. And um, it's so important that you, you have it really clear and set out in concrete of, of what you want that team member to do. And, and even if you're, you're in business with your family, I think it's increasingly important that you split Jobs, you you break the business up, and then you bring accountability around and responsibility to to certain components of running your particular business. So, I think um, once you once uh, the easiest way to do this is to list everything that needs to get done within your business, and then you spend the time and you invest the time to really break down. Um, and split it off into chunks and then put someone's name next to who's going to be doing what. That's the easiest method to create a job description. And um, yeah, I mean, 
there's a there's a number of ways that you can write a job description, but um, and, and I may go into a bit more depth in a future podcast on this. But for now, if you were to really summarise all of that, you, you'll you'll be you'll be well and truly in front. So that's the first thing. The second component to running a world class team is you really need to make sure that the person that you put in front of that job description ticks these three boxes. They need to firstly get it, they need to secondly want it, they need to thirdly have capacity. Because sometimes you'll have, for example, a detailed job and you'll give it to someone and unfortunately the person that you delegate this this um, particular job to or this, this task to just, just doesn't get it. Um, it's like uh, I mean, I've had a number of examples of this in my in my career in running in running businesses um, with team members, and I might delegate a detailed job to a person that's got an a a um, an outgoing personality, and they just don't get detail. They don't like detail. They don't get it. And I'm sort of shooting myself in the foot right from the onset because I'm giving I'm giving the wrong task to a person in, and, and this person might be way more suited to doing marketing, for example. And so you've got to align the job description to the right person. And, every, you know, this is where it comes into personality analysis. Um, I really endorse a fantastic tool called Colby.com, C-O-K-O-L-B-E, where you'll actually get each team member to do a personality profile and you'll actually see whether they're more outgoing or introverted or whether they're detail-oriented or people-oriented. And and it really help you determine, you know, does this person get it? That's the first thing. Do they really, really want it? There's no point giving someone a job if they really don't want it. And what you'll find over time is there's a person out there that will do things for you that you know I, that that is so passionate about it. Like for example, I do not like doing the books in my particular business, but that's why I hire or outsource to someone else to do my books for me because they love it. They want it. They they re- they're really good at it. They really want it. They can do it in like a fifth of the time that I can do it. Um, and thirdly, they've got capacity for it. Right. So capacity is that I'm not overloading their back. Um, you know, I'm not giving a task to someone that just doesn't have the space or the room to do it because if they haven't got capacity, then they won't do a great job for you either. So you've really got to make sure that whoever's taking on that particular job description or that particular um, role gets it, wants it, capacity. And not only that, you really want to make sure they're aligned to the values within your business. If you haven't... Um, listen to my my podcast on on getting more organized I talk about having a strategic plan and I talk about getting clarity on your values a lot of issues in business are really actually related to you hiring team members that aren't aligned to your values but you haven't actually documented your values so um, you haven't written them down so for example you might have a value of um, being on time or, or, or you know, integrity, for example. So, so someone shows up on time. Um, they they work hard. They 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 they're honest in their approach. They they uh, if they say they're going to do something, they do it right. And you end up getting so frustrated because you hire this person and they don't they they're not aligned to that value. In fact, integrity is not important to them. So that therefore they're naturally late. They say yes, they don't deliver on things, and there's a mismatch, right? There's a, there's a mismatch in, in what you value and what they value, and this is why you'll run into problems with team members because you haven't 
um, documented your values and you haven't got um, clarity and you haven't hired in accordance with those values. Okay, so so in 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 addition to GWC, get it one at capacity. You really want to hire within values. That's the second thing. The third thing that you really want to do to to run a world class team is to have very clear expectations. In fact, most issues in business occur because you haven't clarified what you expect of that team member and vice versa. They haven't clarified back to you what they expect from you. And so the, the, you, know, you, can, you can set expectations at any time, but if you're having an issue with a team member or even a family member, there's, often, there's a couple of things going on. Usually there's a, there's a conflict of values and there's a conflict in expectations. So your expectations aren't being met and their expectations aren't being met. So it's so important that you have written expectations. So for example, if I'm employing a new team member, I will set the expectations right at the onset. For example, I might say, right, I want you to arrive 10 minutes before work starts. I want you to not touch social media during the day. I'm happy for you to make personal calls, but please limit it to you know five minutes or so um, and please only do it during lunch breaks um, another expectation that I have of my team members is please summarize everything you've done on a Friday before you go home in an email or I want you to send it to me another expectation that I have is when you arrive at work on a Monday morning the first hour I want you to plan your week out okay and I want you to update your task list of all the things you're going to do um, and, and I want you to prioritize them so I can then look when we have a meeting I can look at that list and I can um, help you make sure you maximize the week. So, so th- this is all setting expectations that you you have to tell them what you want. They they can't read your mind, right? They're not mind readers, team team members. And so you can naturally get pissed off because you think, oh, they should they should know better. But the problem is most team members don't know better. So that's the third thing: setting expectations. The fourth area is you really need to get away with your team for, I, I believe, one to two days a year, half a day to a day every quarter. You need to invest at least 30 minutes a week, and you need to um, break this into, into the, I, I call them the yearly and quarterly. It's more like a retreat, but it's more like a, an opportunity to get off the farm and really get clarity on what are our goals for the year. Okay, what do we want to achieve this particular year on the yearly one, right? So you really want to get everyone clear on the same page. Like if I was to go and interview each of your team members now, you have to be honest and and, and answer this. How many of them know your nine-year goals? How many of them know exactly what you want to achieve in the next 12 months? And by the way, if I was to go and interview your team members, including your your husbands and wives, parents, you know, it's so important that everyone knows what the objectives of the business are. It's, otherwise, you're just winging it, right? This is the problem that so many people in business have. They just wing it. It's like setting off from Brisbane, driving, you know, without setting a, a direction, you know, and you, you start driving, you, you'll just end up wherever. Like there's, without having a direction, you'll just end up wherever. So, so you've got to get off farm to get clarity yearly. What, what are our goals in the next year? quarterly what how do we go in the last quarter what can we do better what do we want to achieve in the next quarter if there's only five things we're going to work on to grow our business in the next quarter what are they this is strategic planning and the weekly meeting is all about getting really clear on how are we tracking 
towards our quarterly plan. What are we going to focus on this week? Are there any issues that need to be resolved that have popped their heads up? Because when we all know this, but the, the, the more you communicate, the more smooth your team uh, plays and, and the, the better everyone, uh, there's more energy, there's more clarity, there's more, there's more professionalism and um, top business owners outside farming do this and there's no reason why you can't be doing this within your farming business, particularly if you want to be a more profitable farm, okay? Because let's face it, let's face it, your team are your biggest asset, and ultimately, they're often your biggest expense. And so if you can actually help your team become more productive, you will generate more profitability. You, will actually get, you, you can actually get more out of your team than, than um, you know, one great team member will beat three average team, member, team members. That's a great saying. One, one great team member will beat three average. So you really want to get this planning in place. That's the fourth one. The fifth, the fifth area is you need to train your team. In fact, you're better off training a team member and they leave than not training them and they stay. And I'll say that again, but you're better off training a team member and they leave than not training them and they stay. Because, you know, the first thing you want to do before even training is put some basic systems in place. So, for example, I mean, the, the top producing farmers that we work with, they, they have systems for everything. They've got systems for um, for all their operational duties that they have to occur on the farm. They've got systems for their book, for their finance. They've got systems for their administration. They've got systems for their maintenance, all the things that they've got to maintain on their farm. They've got systems for even how they clean the shed, right? So... Um, a system is simply a checklist of what needs to get done um, in, in, to the standard that you want as the owner. Now, the reality is, if you don't put a system in place, then the team members wing it. And when they wing it, it ends up being mistakes get made. And when mistakes get made, it ends up costing you more time fixing their mistakes, which ultimately leads to reduced profitability. But when you get these systems in place and you train the team on the systems, you start getting efficiencies, you start getting this extraordinary um, synergy, operation that runs with synergy, right? So this is, this is why you need to look at where, what do I need to train the team on? And this is where you've got to become very, very good at delegating and, and handing over control and letting others do the work for you. You can't run a freedom farm if you are doing everything. You have to slowly let go. In fact, the, the most successful business owners slowly suck themselves from every task that they're doing on their farm that's 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 the reality so you've got to you've got to train your team um, and you've got to put systems in place in order to maximize the team the next the next thing to focus on the, the sixth thing is you do need to provide feedback you do need to provide reward recognition you do need to go out of your way and give that feedback to each team member and I mean a lot of farmers are a little bit guilty of this they're a lot of farmers that I meet um, unfortunately they, they they don't they're pretty hard on themselves they're, they're, they're brought up in a pretty tough environment um, they're, they're hard on themselves and because they're hard on themselves if you're hard on yourself you're often hard on on your family, on your on other team members, and this that's a bit of a generalisation, 
Now, I grew up in a farming community and it was very, looking back on it, I, I didn't understand it when I was a kid, but looking back on it, there was not a lot of reward and recognition going on. It was, it was quite tough, quite a tough environment. And, but I, I think you've got to go out of your way to focus on people doing a great job and, and reward and recognize. All top teams do this. You look at a great sporting team, they're constantly recognizing and rewarding. So providing feedback, both positive and negative, you've got to help team members see where they can improve. But, but you really want to have a system where you do catch people doing the right thing. Which leads, leads, um, segues to my last and critical area that I think is so important. And that's, you need to trust. You need to trust. You, think about it. Think about a, um, I mean, I play rugby union when I was, I was younger and I was always in the forwards and I moved into the backs when I was older. And I remember, um, because I was a breakaway, which means I was like a defender, um, and I covered, I covered mistakes being made in the backs and I would, I would tackle people, if you like, if, if someone broke through the back line, I would, um, I would, I would, you know, cover, and my goal was to, to attack, you know, defend and also be there in attack. But I moved out a bit later in my career. I moved out into the back line, and I became an inside centre. And I remember I was so busy focusing on helping out my five eight who was inside me and my outside centre who was outside me. I was so busy on trying to look after their jobs, if you like and support them because I had this breakaway mentality that I didn't realize that I was the one creating the holes in the back line and and I was the one that allowed a lot of people to break through the back line and and score tries. And this is because I just wasn't trusting the people around me, right? I just wasn't – I was – you know, and, and people do this in business a lot. You hand them a task and you don't really trust them to do the, the task well or, or they might not do it to the exact same way you do. And um, you become very controlling as a business owner. But you can't grow a big business. You can't truly grow a world-class company if you're like that. You have to be comfortable handing over the reins to let other people do the work. In fact, how do you run a freedom farm if, if you're doing anything? So, you know, this is why you have to let go, let go, let go, let go, slowly delegate, slowly hand over responsibility, increasingly do it. In fact, um, some of our top performing farmers in our, in our coaching groups now go on holidays during the busiest times of their year. Imagine that. Imagine being able to go out on a three, three or four week holiday during the busiest time of the year and, and come back and your team have actually done a better job than what you could. Now, that's the goal and the objective of being a... A, a world-class farmer it's 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 not about being the busiest person like it's that's crazy okay your job's to be the laziest person your job's to be the liftee not the lifter you need to trust and let go you need to um allow others to do the job for you so in summary um clear job descriptions make sure your team members get it they want it they have capacity Set clear expectations. Have a system for yearly, quarterly, weekly planning and communication. Train your team. Put systems in place. Train your team. Reward and recognize your team. Give feedback. Look for praise and trust and let go and step back and and let go of your fear of control, okay? Um, A lot of people also have this fear of, oh, if I employ someone, I'm going to make less money. I'm like, well, hang on. Time's your more valuable asset, so it's okay to let go. 
So um, anyway, thank you for listening to these and, and just final comments again, if at any stage you're interested in having a conversation about our coaching and mentoring programs, please reach out. We've got the most incredible program that we run that helps farmers profit more, um, work more efficiently um, and and run a world-class business. We're, we're getting extraordinary results with our members and um, we, we can very happy to send you further information about how it all works, but you will need to reach out to support at farmownersacademy.com and um, either one of our team members or even potentially even myself will, will be in touch. My name's Andrew Roberts. I hope you got some value from this and enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.